Uh, good morning. Good morning to all. So, hey, another blizzard this morning. Last week was the first day of spring. It was a beautiful day. Uh, I, I made mention of it coming in the church. And you know what? I don't have really anything to complain about. Right? I mean, it's Michigan, and these things happen. And, you know, we're reminded from the prayer time, there are, there are things worse than a little bit of uh, weather change in our, in our lives and in our worlds. And if that's all we got to deal with, man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We, we are living just fabulously if that's it. Uh, there are people that are dealing with a lot more. And I want to introduce uh, someone to you this morning that, that is really uh, wrestling with a bit more than just the weather. Uh, it's a pastor that I've made a connection with. Uh, he pastors a local church, not in this community, uh, but he's a pastor of a, a local church. A little more than four weeks ago, uh, things began to change in his church, and in a matter of days, uh, everything, everything that the church was doing their entire focus, all of their ministries, everything that, that they really were doing, it was just essentially upended, turned around. Uh, what they were doing yesterday, totally flipped, totally flipped. And the, the reason is uh, the war, the war uh, in Ukraine where Russia has invaded. This pastor that I made a connection with, uh, he is in Poland. His town became filled with refugees, uh, they have streamed in from Ukraine because of this, uh, this invasion into their country. And I became connected uh, with this pastor through a relationship that our student pastor, Noah, uh, Noah Allen has with a pastor who's right here in Troy, Michigan. Now Noah's friend, his name is Peter, and he pastors a Polish church in Troy. And uh, you may have even, uh, may have heard Noah a couple of weeks ago uh, mentioning uh, a friend as he was do doing our prayer time, and uh, he, he, he talked about uh, his friend, and through that relationship, through that relationship that Noah has with his, uh, with his friend Peter, mentioned a brother. So Peter's brother pastors this church in Poland, and I was able to get a phone number and call over there and talk to this pastor. His name uh, is Zbigniew Hoynacki, and he pastors a church that's in northern Poland, a little bit, a little bit to the east, off-center. Uh, if you go straight up the center of Poland, it's a little to the east. It's in a town called Ostrada, and Ostrada is a beautiful town. It's a picturesque town, uh, somewhat maybe of a, a tourist town. If you can imagine, we go up north, so that's kind of the same situation there. It's, it's in northern Poland, beautiful, uh, surrounded by some lakes and forests. It's about 130 miles north of Warsaw. Uh, the church that... Uh, Pastor Zbigniew uh, pastors there. It was founded by his very own father when he was four years old. 
When he was 14, just to give you a little background on this man's life and who I connected with, when he was 14, he had his own born-again experience at a Christian youth camp, and he just became fully committed to follow Jesus. Later on, he attended a seminary in Warsaw. He pastored a church in southern Poland, and then for about 15 years, a church in northeastern Poland. And uh, then uh, he, he, in 2003, he came to live in Ostrada again. And he became the director of what's called the Ostrada Camp. And that Ostrada Camp, is a, it's a Christian camp, and it's a retreat center. And it's owned and operated by this, the very own church that his father had started when he was just a young boy. In 2011, he was invited to become the pastor of that church. And so he pastors their church today. Four weeks ago, these refugees from Ukraine, they just started to stream into Ostrada. Pastor Hynotsky and his church, they responded. When I spoke with him on the phone and I heard some of the stories, the stories that he was telling me and all the things that his church has been doing, it was just overwhelming to hear. And I want to share with you some of those stories, but first I thought maybe it would be good if you had a chance to see this pastor. I have a short video it's about two minutes long. It's from a Zoom call that he had with his daughter. His daughter uh, is a part of a church in the UK, and a few weeks ago, they had a Zoom call with that church, and as this video starts, she had just asked her dad, hey, just tell us a little bit about what's going on over there right now. Now, I want to let you know, and especially those of you who are online, for about the first minute here, there's an echo, and uh, we did our best to to help you to hear it, but it is what it is. So there's a bit of an echo, but then it clears up, and you'll hear a little bit of this man's heart and what they've been doing. And again, this was about uh, three weeks ago, so let's, let's check it out. People of our church, they're helping in many ways. They're, of course, they're on a student camp, our retreat, Christian retreat center. Uh, right now, today, there are 170 Ukrainian refugees. Wow. It's an absolutely maximum. Normally, for our camp, there will be 120. This is full. And now 170 because people need them. Yeah. There are many, many young children, mothers, and some of the men. And Australia, uh, the town, very helpful. In many, many ways, the people are bringing by themselves spontaneously, uh, bringing the food, the clothes, medical supplies, everything that what the people need. Mm. And uh, yesterday, I talked to the mayor of the town, and mayor said, Pastor, we will open an extra class uh, for children to teach them Polish, right. English, uh, volleyball, and this is the sports school. So, uh, we also help for these people with the psychological help. Because you cannot imagine, many children are crying. Yeah. Today, before we started the worship service, sorry. Before we started the worship service, I was going through the crowd in the room uh, to, the, to our chapel, and one lady from Ukraine, she was crying so much. Of course, it touched our heart. 
and how we can help them in other way, just give them their heart, our hearts, and help them in many ways. Many people are opening their houses, uh, rooms, and uh, we do not know what will be tomorrow, yeah. but uh, we, we open at the center, information center on Ostruda Camp, uh, that everyone who has a room can get some one mother with a, one child or two child. Lydia also opened the, our room upstairs and we are waiting for tomorrow for some uh, mother with the two children. So that, that was uh, Pastor Wynotsky and he was talking to his daughter at her church and uh, you heard him say, people are in the town, they're helping, there's some donations. He talked to the mayor of the town but he says, we do not know what will be tomorrow. And, and that's the truth. And I want to just share with you a little bit more of what their situation is. You heard him say that they had about 170 at their retreat center, which holds a maximum of 120. And that's mostly to, actually I believe it's exclusively women and children, that it's moms and kids. And when I spoke uh, with Zbigniew uh, a few days ago, he said they have 185 now in their retreat center, moms and children. And in their church, they have a few rooms in the church. They're, they have about 30 people staying in the church building. And then you heard him at the end of the video. It was kind of fading out. He said he mentioned Lydia. That's his wife. And he said that they've, they were going to open his house. Lydia and, uh, and Zbigniew, they've opened their home to take in uh, two sisters Two sisters, they're aged uh, 13 and 20. Their parents are part of the war effort in Ukraine. Um, both their mom and their dad are serving uh, in the Ukrainian army. And their dad, he told me, is a high-ranking officer. And he told me, from time to time, they'll be able to make a connection uh, on, on a phone. And when they do that, he said, it just breaks his heart. It breaks his heart listening to these two girls, knowing this could be the very last time they talk to their parents. And uh, so it's, it's heartbreaking. Uh, when that video we saw was recorded, it was about three weeks ago, and he mentioned uh, earlier that uh, it wasn't in that particular part, but he had mentioned earlier that there was 930,000 refugees. Well, that was just like a week into this thing, and today the number's, um, it's well over 2 million. It's 2.2, 2.3 million uh, refugees have streamed into Poland, and uh, he told me people are still coming, still coming to his town, mostly women and children, because uh, the men are staying in Ukraine to uh, defend their country. And he told me, too, the people that are coming, they're very poor. They uh, really have nothing. Many have just left everything behind. So uh, what they were doing as a church just totally changed, totally changed, in essence, overnight. And he said, we're totally focused. We are totally focused now on helping these people with their needs and their material needs, yes, but also their spiritual needs. And he said he's seen God's hand in all of it. Uh, a, a couple of uh, stories. He was praying for Ukrainian language Bibles so that his church could start a Ukrainian language service. He said the languages are similar. We can communicate a little, but it's not the same language. So he was hoping to procure about 10 to 12 Ukrainian Bibles. 
And a pastor from uh, the east of Poland sent him 300. So he was like, yes, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. He's going to be starting uh, Ukrainian language service, and I believe that was going to be today. Pastor Hoynowski had agreed to take in a family. A family of seven had made contact. It was uh, parents with five children aged one to 15. Now, he understood he had several days to make some accommodations, find them a place, and then he received a call. He received a call that this family was in Warsaw, and just 130 miles to the south. They're going to be getting on a train. They're going to be there in a few hours. He, doesn't, he has nothing. His place is packed. And so he said, I prayed. I prayed. You know, what am I going to do with all these people? He prayed, Lord, what now? What do I do? Where can I put them? Where? 15 minutes later, he received a call. And it was an answer to prayer. To him, a miracle, unexpected call from a friend that had moved out of Estrada to Norway five years ago. That friend still owned a house outside of town. And he said, Zbigniew, if you need a place, use my house. Take my house. So he did. And now they have 17 people living in that house. Uh, six adults, 11 children, one toilet. So that's the, now they're adding a toilet to that house. And uh, you, know, these are, you know, these are the practical needs. Uh, they've taken in a mother uh, who has a two-year-old son with epilepsy. Uh, he said the church is just continually praying for this little boy. He told me, uh, you know, that's just their, that's their heart. And he he said he heard that um, boy one day and he just laid his hand on him and prayed over him and he settled down. Uh, but most of all, they're praying for the mom and they are praying that this mother would just come to Christ. Uh, they have material needs, yes, but so, so many uh, spiritual needs as well. For the material needs, food and clothing. There are climates similar to ours that's still pretty very cold there and still dipping below freezing in the evenings they need places uh, that are warm they need places to clean and wash up they have need for medicine uh, that for babies they need diapers and formula and he's been working with the town to register everyone he says the paperwork is really it's a lot but and he said you know i'm not really this wasn't i don't know all of this but i'm going and trying to get all the paperwork handled and get these kids into schools if possible. He's trying to find work for people as best he can. And of course, they need more places to stay as more and more coming in. The retreat center that they have, it's totally packed. The church is full. Uh, they, he said, I'm going through town and seeking any who would open their house, share a room, rent a room. Uh, they set up a big tent at the retreat center on the grounds so that they could share things that have been donated, distribute clothes, hygiene products, uh, other basics that just the general things of life. Now I know so many of you, so many of you have, have asked over the past number of weeks, how can we help? How can we help? Well, it was difficult for us to answer, but now we've made this connection. 
we've made a connection to a church, a Christian church, the Christian church in Estrada. And they would probably, we, we would probably call it Estrada Christian Church, just like we're Bethesda Christian Church. They're a Christian church of Estrada. And they're doing a tremendous, tremendous work that a month and a half ago, they, they were just a church. Just, uh, you know, standard services, ministries. Now it's totally changed. They're doing a great work. And you can help. You can help for all of you who've asked. This is a, this is a great, great work. And if you'd like to help their cause, you can go to our website and you will see there's a link. It says Ukrainian Relief Fund. And if you use the Church Center app, you can choose. There's an option that says Ukrainian Relief Fund. And we will direct all of those funds, any gifts that are given, to the Christian Church in Estrada. And we know it's a great cause. We know it's going to help people who are in need right now. People who have lost their homes and their livelihoods in a, in a moment's time. And it's also to share the gospel. It, it, it's to bring Jesus Christ. Now, in anticipation of your response, because we know, the pastoral staff here knows what a wonderful, wonderful congregation of people here at Bethesda you are. In anticipation of that, after um, I made that connection last week and we talked, we've already wired 5,000 over to the church there because that need is immediate and it's great. And... Um, And we know you'll respond. We, we know that beyond the shadow of a doubt because you've done so many times before. And so this is a need, and it, I, we just put it before you, as, you know, for you to consider and for your prayer. Continually pray for this church. Uh, they, are, they are just working hard and diligently every day. Pastor uh, Zbigniew told me, he said, because we had this retreat center, and now it's just full of refugees. He said, we're the biggest refugee camp in northern Poland. That's, that's an amazing thing. Uh, so please consider it, pray about it. And now we're going to go into the word of God. We're going we're to move into the word of God. And uh, as I spoke with this pastor last week, uh, I could feel Pastor Ohynatsky's sincerity I could sense as we talked I, on the phone, I am just sensing the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I told him, I go, Pastor, you're doing an amazing work. And he said to me, I'm just a nobody. He said, but I am grateful. I am thankful that God is with me and he is using me and our church. And it reminded me about what we've been talking about here for the past good number of weeks, and that's the Holy Spirit and modeling, modeling Jesus, Jesus, our example, our example of being filled with the Spirit, being Spirit-led followers of Christ. Jesus, he is our example. And we've talked about how his life with the Holy Spirit is a model for us. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. We, we sung that just a 
few minutes ago, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And what did he offer to all of us? That we could be born of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit to spirit. And Jesus said this is, this is for, for everyone. He would that everyone would be born again, born of the Spirit. And then we talked about the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus when he was baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin John. You know, Luke's gospel said that as Jesus stepped out of the water, he was full of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit descended on him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that infilling of the Holy Spirit's a promise for all of us. The Word of God tells us, repent, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It, it's a gift, a promise for every single one that would believe and repent and be baptized. And Jesus was our example. Jesus was baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. And after his baptism, immediately, we talked about this last Sunday, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted, to be tested. And he fasted for 40 days and he was tempted. And he was delivered from temptation. Jesus never sinned. He didn't sin. And we're human. We're going to be tempted. There's an enemy that would love to see us defeated. He seeks to devour. And we have Jesus as our example, that when we are led into temptation, the Holy Spirit's with us. And the Holy Spirit's not just leading us into temptation and abandoning us. No, no, but leading us out, a way of deliverance. Jesus showed us that with the Spirit, we can be delivered out of temptation. And I talked about praying that prayer of deliverance. Lord, Deliver us from evil. And then after that wilderness experience, after Jesus was tempted and he was delivered and he, he was victorious, he went to his hometown. We read that directly after that experience, he went to Galilee and then his hometown of Nazareth. And my, my conversation with uh, Pastor Hynotsky reminded me of this account. It reminded me of this account of Jesus coming into Galilee, coming into his hometown. Let's read it. It's in Luke chapter 4. It's verses 13 to 22. Immediately after the wilderness experience, immediately after Luke gives us the account of Jesus being victorious over temptation. So I'm going to pick it up at verse 13, right where we left off last Sunday. Uh, Luke 4, verse 13 says, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left Jesus until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. Here's Jesus, now having been delivered from temptation. The devil had left him. He came to Nazareth, we read, in the power of the Spirit. We don't like to be tempted, do we? We don't like to be tested. We don't like to be tried. But when we are tempted, as, as we talked about last Sunday, we can beat it. We can beat temptation. The Lord provides a way out. And afterward, move forward. Move forward in the power of the Spirit. If the Spirit leads us out of temptation, delivers us, why not move on like Jesus in the power of the Spirit? And we can beat this temptation, right? And we talked about discerning uh, the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit using the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, as Jesus did to beat temptation. Resisting the devil, that's what Jesus did. Away from me, Satan, he said, and he resisted the devil. And then praying, praying that prayer that Jesus taught us. It's a simple prayer, but it has Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Deliverance is there by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then when we beat it, when we beat temptation, we can move forward as Jesus did in the power of the Spirit. He returned from this wilderness experience into Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he went into his hometown of Nazareth. And then on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue. That's it's their local church, if you will. And it said, as was his custom. We often do as we're accustomed to do, don't we? We often do things that uh, it is our custom. Like we're doing right here this morning. Right here. We're gathering in God's house. It's our custom. But how many times, how many times have we come into God's house, his sanctuary, because it is our custom. It's our routine. It's, it's what we normally do. It's what we do every Sunday. And we come in because it's our custom and we just go through the motions. Has that ever happened? I'll only speak for myself. Jesus came into Galilee and then Nazareth and then his hometown synagogue as it was his custom, every Sabbath day to go to synagogue. But he was doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's endeavor to follow that example. Let's endeavor to follow the example of Jesus and be coming into the, the house of the Lord, to be coming into God's sanctuary not because it's our custom only, not just because it's a tradition and it's our habit. Let's come into this house, God's house, in the power of the Holy Spirit, ready and prepared to have an encounter with Almighty God and to be moved and to be fed by his word. 
Let's come into his house in the power of the Holy Spirit. Prepare yourselves before you walk in these doors. Don't make it just a a habit and a custom and a tradition. Come on in here in the power of the Holy Spirit and be ready. Be ready to meet God and have an experience with him. And that's the first thing that we can take away from this passage this morning. Be coming in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, in that synagogue, Jesus was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. That's a big scroll. Isaiah is the 66 chapters. That's a long scroll. But Jesus unrolled it all the way to chapter 61, verse 1. But you know what? There were no chapter numbers. There were no headings. I can open up my Bible. I see headings. It's very simple to see book names and chapters and verses. And I can get to Isaiah 61.1 really easy. Jesus unrolled that scroll. He knew precisely where he was going. And if you've ever seen Hebrew writing in the ancient times, it was just one letter after another. There was... No white space, no headings, nothing. But Jesus knew where he was going. He got right to where he needed to be, precisely at the location he wanted to read. And he read this prophecy of Isaiah. And he said, this prophecy is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, what did he mean by that? What did he mean? It meant that Jesus was claiming to be the anointed one. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and he sent me. The spirit was on him. The spirit anointed him. The spirit sent him. And Jesus is saying, Jesus is claiming this. That prophecy's fulfilled in your, in your hearing. He's claiming, I'm the anointed one. I am the anointed one, and that means Messiah. The Hebrew people knew that. That's an Old Testament reference to the Savior, to the Messiah, to the one who was going to come and save the people. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, Jesus said, and he's anointed me, and he has sent me. That was from the prophet Isaiah, but Jesus, who knew right where to open it up and read that, and then he claimed it. I am he. I am the anointed one. The Holy Spirit is on me. He's anointed me, he's sent me. And what was Jesus anointed and sent for? Well, he read it right there in the prophecy. To to proclaim the good news, to open prison doors, to give sight to the blind, to free the oppressed. Now when we read to open prison doors and to give sight to the blind and to free the oppressed, that sounds like practical needs, material things. Releasing captives, healing, freeing people from oppression. Practical, natural needs. But they're also spiritual needs. They're also spiritual issues. One can be spiritually captive, in bondage, and in need of what Jesus said, release. One can be spiritually blind. And Jesus talked about that many times. One can be spiritually blind, lost in the darkness of sin, And needing to be healed from that. Needing to be healed from that disease called sin. Totally blind to it. One can be spiritually oppressed. Oppressed by demons or or, or all kinds of things. And Jesus 
certainly went about his ministry and pointed that out as well. People can be spiritually oppressed and in need of being set free. And it all starts, it all begins with what is primary, what Jesus read first. The the Spirit is on me and he's anointed me and sent me to proclaim good news. To proclaim good news to the poor. Now the poor certainly can mean the materially poor, those who don't have earthly riches and don't have earthly wealth. They don't have the, the, the gold and the silver of this world. Yes, it can mean that, but it can also mean those who are spiritually poor. Everyone, everyone who is spiritually captive or blind spiritually and, and oppressed, they're spiritually poor and they're in need of eternal life that only comes through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Savior. And it all begins, it all starts with this proclaiming of the good news of the kingdom of God, the good news of salvation. And that's primary, that's first. And that good news is the good news that most all of us in here, we know it. We know fully. Jesus gave his life. He gave his life to free us from the debt that we owe for our sin. He was the only sin, sinless one. And he paid our debt for rejecting God, for rejecting the righteous and the just judge and creator of the world, the almighty God. Jesus gave his life for that. He came to earth and the Holy Spirit came upon him and filled him and anointed him and sent him to proclaim the word. First, to proclaim the good news and to offer this spiritual healing. And yes, and yes, to, to help with material needs as well. Primary salvation of the soul. But Jesus, he, he attended to natural needs too. He fed people. Jesus healed people physically. And he comforted people. It is what he was anointed by the Spirit and sent to do. Now, we're his followers. We are his followers. He is our example. The Holy Spirit, the same Spirit, that same Spirit that that, that anointed Jesus, And sent Jesus, that same Spirit, that same Holy Spirit is our promise. It's our promise. Let's follow his example. Let's come into this house in the power of the Spirit. And let's leave, let's leave with the Spirit on us. And let's leave anointed and sent and empowered to go out and preach the good news and share the gospel of life with people, and then attend to the poor and the sick and the oppressed as Jesus did. Let's follow his example. When I was talking to this pastor in, in Poland, Pastor Hynoski, he said, I'm nobody. I am nobody. But I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that God is, is with us, and he's using me, and he's using our church. And I couldn't help. I couldn't help but think that although his church had been upended and totally turned around, it had been focused. Focused totally for the mission of Jesus. They're moving in the power of the Spirit, in the Spirit's on them, and anointed them, and sent them to preach to these 
these people that are just streaming into their town and into their church. They, they are anointed and sent to preach to the poor and to the oppressed, but yet to feed them and take care of them and help them with their needs. And I wondered, I wondered how, how that might happen here. I wondered, would we respond if we were confronted with the same situation? I wondered, would, would our doors be open? Would our homes be open? Would we share a bed? Would our kitchens be open? Would we be sharing our food? Would our closets be open? Would we be sharing our, our clothes and the things that we have? Would our hearts be open? Would we be sharing the salvation that we have in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ? As people who are following in the footsteps of our Lord and our Savior, I have no doubt, I have no doubt that we would respond, that we would respond in the power of the Spirit as people filled with the Spirit, covered and anointed by the Holy Spirit and sent to do his work. We can help those overseas. Yes, we can. We can write a check. We can go online. We can send material help. We can help them with war that has affected their country and their towns and, and, and this overflowing, um, overwhelming flow of humanity that's streaming into their cities but here in our own community, right now, at this moment in time, right now in this community, we do not need to wait for a war. We do not need to wait to be upended and turned around. We don't need to wait for refugees to have to come streaming into this church. The community outside these doors, they need Jesus too. There is a community out there that, that needs the Savior that we know and that we love. We know him, we know him as, as the only savior, Jesus, who promises and can restore peace to wounded hearts. He promises to rescue uh, those who are in bondage to sin and, and to Satan. And he opens blind eyes to see the light and to see the prospects of eternal life and the prospects of eternal glory. And I pray, I pray that you've come into this house this morning in the power of the Holy Spirit, but yet you have this humble attitude of a nobody that God could use. Lord, man, if that's our hearts, we're just a nobody, God, use us. Let it be our desire that God would use us. And now I wanna pray, and I wanna pray for all of us that if we've come in here and we're under the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit, that we leave this house, we leave his house, anointed by the Holy Spirit and sent by the Holy Spirit to preach the good news and to add to the kingdom and to help people who have material needs. Let's do that. Let's do that as God's people. Let's stand to our feet. I want to pray. I want to pray this. I want to pray this over all of us. I pray it's our, our attitude and our hearts because there's a war right outside these doors, and it's a war for souls. It's a war. There's an enemy that wants to take down people and take them to hell. And what's worse than that? Let's be people who, who would want to you know, take that on because we have a Lord and a Savior. Remember last week, we talked about the armor of God. This is, it's, a, it's an image for us of a battle, a spiritual thing, a battle. Let's go, let's go out uh, anointed with the Spirit of the Lord on us, anointing us and, and filling us and sending us to do his kingdom's work. 
Oh, if you're with me, raise your hands. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for, the, for this house, for, for these who are in here. God, I'm asking by the grace of Almighty God that we would be people who are empowered by your Spirit, that we are, we are under the power of the Holy Spirit, my God. And I pray, God, that we would be like our Savior and our Lord Jesus, that we would follow in his footsteps and his example, and we would invite your Holy Spirit to be on us and anoint us and send us to do your kingdom work. God, you will enable us. God, I pray that you would enable every single person in this room right now, that the spirit of enabling would be on them and empowering, Lord, and that if there's fear, you'd strike it down and give them the words to say to preach the good news. Lord, we have the good news of our Savior and our Lord in our heart. Give us that desire to share, to share the greatness of eternal life, God the greatness of eternal life, to open blind eyes to see Jesus. Lord, to set captives free, people are captive to sin and self-destruction. God, I just pray for all of us that that would be the case. Your spirit would be on us and anointing us and sending us to do that work, Lord, and never, ever let us be uh, holding on to the things of this world, Lord, as we share the gospel. Lord, may we just overflow with generosity to share what we have, whatever it is, be it clothes, food, money, possessions. Lord, help us to be people who let it go and help others. Lord, bless your people. Bless them. Bless them with that, God. May this be a church that people see the Spirit is empowering and you're moving and you're helping and you're sending. Oh, Lord. We just put our hearts before you. We put our hearts before you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just praise you. We praise you. We exalt you. We honor you. You're wonderful. You're our Savior. You're our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, there's none like you, our Savior and our Lord. Oh, we just ask and pray we would follow you in your example. May it be for everyone and In your name, Jesus, in your powerful and your precious name, amen.